I just want to say here that I drink my coffee like I drink my wine. You know, I find the biggest cup I can. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Sort of. Welcome to the Balanced Fit and Free Podcast. I'm Rayanne Mullins, your host, and you are in the right place if you are ready to learn how to live a life of balance through healthy daily actions and a positive mindset. As a Hashimoto's hypothyroid warrior, I will be sharing with you tried and true methods of keeping a balanced lifestyle to ward off inflammation, aching joints, brain fog, and weight gain. My very open and honest approach will have you leaning in to learn more. Enjoy the show. Hey, you guys, welcome to the Balanced Fit and Free podcast. I'm Rayanne Mullins, your host, and this is episode 101. And today I got to talk to you about something that I never really cared about before. And now that I'm getting old, <laughs> just kidding, but older and, you know, have this stinking autoimmune disease, Hashimoto's and a hypothyroid, I'm having to look at things a little bit differently. And so I wanted to tell you this quick story and then, and why I want to talk about this. Um, and, and by the way, we're talking about caffeine. Yes. So last week at my thyroid check, or I guess it's been almost two weeks now, but anyway, I went to go do my normal, you know, I go every three to six months to get my thyroid checked and just make sure that, you know, I'm on the right medicine and everything's going good. And so while I was there, I was like, Hey, just, just kind of want to mention like lately I've been having, like having a lot of heart skips you know, like my heart kind of feels like weird out of rhythm a little bit, which by the way, totally annoys me. It totally annoys me because I got a freaking pacemaker. So that wouldn't happen. Right. I mean, maybe, maybe I need to go back to the drawing board and understand what a pacemaker actually does because I'm still getting skip beats. I'm still, it's weird. Anyway, that's not what we're talking about. But anyway, she said to me, Hmm, that's kind of weird. So she, you know, pulls out the the thing, you know, they stick on your chest. What's that called? A stethoscope. And she listened and she said, yep, you are having some skip beats. She was like, actually, it's not really skip beats. You're having extra beats. So she was like, you know what? We better like just have you calm down, take some deep breaths. She's like, are you nervous? I was like, "Mm, for about what? And she said, well, you know, a lot of people get nervous coming in here. And I'm like, no, you and I are like besties. So no. And So I closed my eyes, did some deep breathing, blah, 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 you know, like meditation kind of stuff. And she did it again. And you know what? No, it wasn't any better. I was actually having a lot of like quick beats in a row and then I would skip a few. Okay. And that's exactly literally the reason I went to get a pacemaker because that was a problem. So anyway, I'm not, you know, I'm a little frustrated about that, but anyway, I'm, you know, need to look at my whole lifestyle and see like what's, what's going on. So FYI, if you have thyroid issues at all, if you're hypothyroid, then your heartbeat is going to be a little bit slower and more likely to be kind of erratic. Okay. If you're hyperthyroid, which means too much, then it's going to be really fast and probably, you know, extra beats as well. But thyroid in general totally impacts your heart, you know, rhythm and your heart health. So it's super important if you have anything going on with your thyroid to make sure you're taking care of it because it matters. Okay. And right now, since my thyroid numbers are actually really good and I'm super happy about that, that shouldn't be the case. Okay. So I know at this point, it's nothing to do with my thyroid. So we went through a whole checklist of items. You know, she's like, 
are you stressed? And I'm like, well, I mean, yeah, everybody's stressed, but my normal stress, nothing too crazy. She's like, are you safe at home? And I'm like, yeah, I'm safe at home. If, if I wasn't safe at home, if, if for example, my husband was, you know, not treating me right, he'd be in trouble. <laughs> so not worried about that. And then she's like, are you hydrated? And I had to kind of give her a side eye on that one. I'm like, hello, do you know who I am? Of course I'm hydrated. <laughs> you know, cause I mean, I'm serious. Like I really practice what I preach. So anyway, um, and then she asked me the dreaded question. She said, so how much coffee do you drink? <laughs> and I'm like, bingo. Like in my head, it was like being smacked upside the head. Cause I was like, holy cow, that's gotta be it. That's totally got to be it. Because recently, um, Brian and I switched up our coffee order. So we get coffee beans ordered um, or delivered. You know, we're in like the coffee club for Black Rifle, which is a company that helps like military families, which is special to my heart. So we like to support that company. So we get our our monthly supply of coffee beans from there. But we were kind of bored. We were kind of bored with just black. That was the kind we had. So we switched it up. And apparently, we didn't know it until we got it. We had chosen a higher caffeine blend. And, and again, it had nothing to do with like getting more caffeine. We just wanted a different like flavor, you know, or taste, different roast. So I don't think I've ever really had an issue before with caffeine. So I just didn't even, I mean, I didn't even think about it. So that's why I want to talk about it today. I want to talk about it with you because maybe you too are having more caffeine than is really good for you. And maybe you too are having physical and mental symptoms or reactions and don't even realize it's due to your caffeine consumption. So before you say, oh, I'm not a coffee drinker and click off of here, I just want to say, wait a minute, because you know, there are other sources of caffeine besides coffee. But if you are a coffee fan like I am, then definitely stick around and listen to what I have to say so that we can make sure that you are drinking a safe amount and staying healthy. Okay. So we're going to talk about how much caffeine is okay in a day, sources of caffeine, side effects and health risks of too much caffeine, and what can happen if you over caffeinate before a workout. Okay. And the cool thing is that I got all of this information from a coffee company. Um, and the reason I even thought to do this is A, because I had that thing happen to the doctor, and B, I got this email from a company called Strong Coffee. So back in the day when I was training for the 29029 mountain race, they had all of these sponsorships, and Strong Coffee was one of them. And so they have a little bit healthier blend of coffee, yet they're still coffee. So I am not, you know, like promoting them at all or anything like that. It's just that I thought this email I got from them was really responsible and good because they want their customers to be healthy while enjoying their products. So that's pretty cool. Um, but I, so I am impressed with that. So I'm getting a lot of this information directly from a coffee company. <laughs> I love that. Anyway, let's talk about how much caffeine is okay in a day. Okay. Well, before I even answer that, it's super important to just know your own body. Okay. Like just like anything, how many carbs should you eat? How much fat should you eat? How much protein should you eat? How much water do you need? 
at the end of the day, there is no magic number because we are all different. We're different heights. We're different weights. We're different you know, activity levels. Everything is different about each of us. So there is no magic number just like everything else. Okay. But the FDA says, you know, if the, if the FDA says it, apparently it's got to be true. <laughs> but anyway, what they say is anything over 400 milligrams of caffeine in a 24 hour period is too much. Just plain and simple, no ifs, no ands, no buts, no more than 400 milligrams. And after I looked into it more, I would have to agree that 400 milligrams of caffeine is a lot. So, you know, but what does that even mean to you? What does it even mean? Um, how are you getting caffeine? Okay. Most people, the number one way people are getting caffeine is um, through coffee. Okay. But not everyone drinks coffee, like I said earlier. So I'll talk about the other sources as well. But I do want to talk about coffee first. The amount of caffeine in a cup of coffee definitely varies based on the, you know, the type of caffeine. Like I was saying earlier, we ordered a different kind and had more caffeine. Um, it depends on the serving size, of course, and just the bean variety, okay? So you can expect to get about 95 milligrams of caffeine from just an average cup of coffee, okay? Just like probably like when you go to the restaurant and they give you a cup of coffee. That's about 95 milligrams of caffeine, okay? So about a quarter of what you know you, you can have in 24 hours. However... This amount varies like between all the different kinds of coffee drinks and can range from zero or 15, that would be like a decaf coffee, all the way to 500 milligrams in one drink. So it absolutely matters, like the type, the size, all that. What factors affect the caffeine content? Okay, the caffeine content of coffee depends on a lot of different things. And I already kind of mentioned them, but... Um, one is the type of coffee beans. Okay. There are many varieties of coffee beans available. Okay. Some naturally contain way more or way less caffeine. Okay. The other thing that matters is the roasting type. The lighter the roast, the more caffeine. Okay. And, and here's the thing though. A lot of people don't understand that because you would assume a darker roast has a deeper like coffee flavor. So forever, like I learned this a long time ago, but like forever, I just assumed the darker roast was actually more caffeine because of the flavor. So I would on purpose order lighter roasts and really, I, you know, wonder why I was bouncing off the walls. Well, because I was having way more caffeine than I realized. Okay. So remember that a light roast or a blonde roast is going to have way more caffeine than a dark um, or medium roast. Okay. The type of coffee matters. Okay. The caffeine content can vary significantly between regularly brewed coffee and espresso, instant coffee, and even decaf coffee, okay? And here's the deal. The serving size matters, right? One cup of coffee can range anywhere from 300 to 700 milliliters, or, or in other words, one to about 24 ounces. Okay, that's a lot of coffee, a 24 ounce. But I know people that get venti, that would be at Starbucks, by the way, the large, a lot. And that's a lot of coffee, okay? So obviously, the bigger the drink, the more caffeine, okay? I know that's obvious. So I just want to say here that I drink my coffee like I drink my wine. You know, I find the biggest cup I can. <laughs> I'm just kidding, sort of, 
Sort of kidding. I do like, okay, at home, I have like a cat mug and I have a mug that says balance and I have a Dave Matthews mug and I have a, like I have four mugs that, well, one's like blue and like yellow. It's so cute. So I have these four mugs that I rotate and they are probably about 18 ounces. I had no idea that's how big that cup was until one day I just decided to measure it and I was blown away. So, so yeah, I drink, I drink more coffee than I even realized. Now wine, on the other hand, I try to stay to one five ounce pour. (laughs) Try was the keyword there. So anyway, okay. So coffee shops are notorious for their large cup sizes. Okay. And like I said, like a Starbucks, I think it's 20, I want to say 24 ounces for the Venti. Okay. The amount of coffee in such cups is equivalent to about three to five regular sized cups of coffee. So if your regular sized cup of coffee is like mine, then that's not much different. But if I go, for example, to Starbucks, um, I will either get a tall, which is their small, or a grande, which is the medium. I've never ordered a venti and there's nothing wrong with that if you do, but I know that if I get a grande, half the time I don't even finish it. So that's like $4 wasted because, because you know, lately a grande Starbucks is like $7. So if I don't even drink at all, I feel like I'm wasting half that money, you know? So anyway, I do best if I just order a tall, but anyway, the ventis, anyway, that's just a lot of coffee is what my point is. But at home, you know, I drink almost as much. So let's just take a second and look at Starbucks. Okay. Starbucks is probably the best known coffee shop in the world. Whether you like it or not, it is absolutely the most popular. Okay. Most people know about it. Um, And it also offers some of the most caffeinated coffee available compared to Dunkin' Donuts and McDonald's. Okay. And I'm I'm just going to give you an example for Starbucks. I'm not going to go through all the caffeine in every like fast food joint that there is, but Here's just an example. If you're like thinking about that 400 milligrams of coffee or um, caffeine a day, caffeine, if you think about that and then hear these, then you can see if you're like going over that. A tall Starbucks, okay, and this is just a, a brewed cup. In fact, in fact, where I got this information didn't actually say whether it was a blonde roast or a pike. A pike is a little bit medium, darker roast. Anyway, a tall 12 ounces is 260 milligrams. A grande is 330 milligrams and a venti is 415 milligrams. So if you drink one venti Starbucks coffee a day, you are already over the 400 milligrams. Okay. And we're going to talk about why that matters and why it's important to not do that. So for me today, I drank my regular cup of coffee at home. And so I'm going to guess that was, I mean, probably 150 to 200 milligrams of caffeine. Then I taught two spin classes, ran some errands, and I was like, oh, I really want a Starbucks. <laughs> so I ran to Starbucks. I did get a grande because my eyes were bigger than my stomach. And I drank almost the whole thing. But I'm like, holy cow, that was probably 300 milligrams. So I'm already over 450. So that's not so good. All right. And so far today, I'm not having heart skips, but let's see if it'll kick in later. Anyway, furthermore, one shot of espresso at Starbucks contains 75 milligrams of caffeine. So espresso is used to make those lattes. And if you get a grande, 
I think it's two shots of espresso. So that's 150 milligrams of caffeine. And we're not even talking about the sugar. Okay. Not even going there. Not today. So just take those numbers and ask yourself like, whoa, are you getting over 400 milligrams a day? It's very possible. Okay. Now I am not going to go into any more. I have a whole list of different drinks at Starbucks, but we're going to skip that. I do want to point this out though. Decaf coffee from Starbucks actually contains about 30 milligrams of caffeine. So when you go, whether it's at home or out and you order decaf coffee, they can't get it completely to zero. So just know that you will have a, a pinch of caffeine, but 30 milligrams versus 330 is absolutely better if you're really watching your caffeine. Okay. Other sources of caffeine though are tea. A lot of people drink tea because they feel like they're healthier or maybe they just like it better and that's fine. But one cup of black tea contains about 47 milligrams of caffeine. Green tea is about 28 milligrams. Okay. So if you look at that, then black tea, I mean, it's still way better than coffee but it still has a little punch of caffeine and green tea is a little lower. Now, I personally, I love, love, love herbal and green tea at night, but I absolutely always make sure I get the decaf because I know I'll be up all night if I don't, okay? Another source of caffeine obviously is soda. A 12-ounce can of just regular or diet dark cola, so we're talking Pepsi and Coke, Dr. Pepper, Mr. Pib, all that stuff, contains about 40 milligrams of caffeine. Okay. The same amount of Mountain Dew contains 55. Do you guys remember? I don't know if you remember. Maybe they still do it. I just don't watch commercials anymore. So I'm not sure. But I remember like in high school thinking, oh, I need to go get a Mountain Dew and some like, I used to eat these Laffy Taffy candies. I would go get a Mountain Dew and Laffy Taffy so I could stay awake for school. (laughs) So ridiculous. But I look at it and I'm like 55 milligrams of caffeine really isn't that much. I should have just been drinking coffee if I wanted to stay awake. Um, Another source of caffeine is chocolate. One ounce of dark chocolate contains about 24 milligrams of caffeine, whereas just milk chocolate has about a quarter of that. So it's less. And then we have energy drinks. Okay. Energy drinks are getting way more popular these days. So we have all kinds of energy drinks that people drink, you know, throughout the day. Um, People add like alcohol to them. I've never actually done that. So I don't, I can't speak for that, but I don't, I don't really get that. You're having an upper and a downer together. Not sure. But apparently people love that. And like with Red Bulls, I think it is. But anyway, energy drinks are super popular now, especially there's a bunch coming out that are, you know, considered healthy and they have extra antioxidant, all kinds of stuff in them, vitamins and all that. Um, In fact, one of the ingredients for some of these is guarana. It's a seed from South, like from South America. Um, and they use it like in foods and energy drinks and energy supplements for like a natural boost of caffeine. So it's very similar to coffee in that manner. It has about 125 milligrams of caffeine per serving. So if you look at your energy drink, it's very likely guarana is actually one of the ingredients. So just a little little uh, info there for you. Anyway, energy drinks are big. In fact, I looked it up and the top three most popular um, energy drinks are Red Bull, Monster, and Rockstar. 
Okay. In 2020, the worldwide market size for energy drinks was $61 billion. I'm like, oh, whoa, maybe I need to come up with a really good energy drink. <laughs> so anyway, I just wanted to point that out to you um, in case you're drinking or consuming caffeine more than you think, because we have the chocolate, we have the coffee, we have the teas, we have the energy drinks. Oh, and I need to tell you this. Um, caffeine, and I can't give you the exact prescriptions or the exact medication, but you know, caffeine is actually all is oftentimes used in medication and pain relievers. If you've ever had a migraine, maybe you take I don't remember the kind, Excedrin or something that has caffeine in it to help with migraines. That is a thing. Although some people with migraines can't have caffeine because it creates <laughs> migraines. I'm so confused. <laughs> anyway, look out for all the different sources. So what are the symptoms of too much caffeine? Like, why does this even matter? Like, why am I even talking about this other than my own heart skipping? Well, number one, too much caffeine causes anxiety, creates anxiety. It's no secret that caffeine keeps you alert and on your toes, right? That's obvious. That's why we drink it. That's why people like crave their coffee in the morning or want their drink in the morning to get wake, you know, woken up. But caffeine does this in a very interesting way. It triggers the release of adrenaline in your brain, causing your fight or flight instinct to heighten. Okay. That's what gives us that like boost. You know, you drink an espresso or you drink coffee and it's like you go from like sluggish to like bing, like alert and ready to go. I love it. <laughs> I really do. It's like, it's like getting high <laughs> on caffeine. So, and while a boost in energy is one of the main benefits of caffeine, overconsumption can lead to feelings of restlessness, um, increased stress levels and anxiety. Once your fight or flight instinct is triggered, your body thinks it's in danger. This is why it's common to report feelings of rapid breathing, increased stress, and anxiety when you have too much caffeine. And I have to remind myself of that because sometimes when it's a rainy day or kind of cold or you just want to cozy up with a cup of coffee, or at least I do. And I have to remind myself that I do not like the feeling of anxiety. I don't like that like feeling in my chest. I don't like that, you know, worry that this ridiculous. And a lot of times there's no real reason. So it has to be my caffeine and it has to be part of my heart situation too. The second symptom is insomnia. Okay. You guys, many of you that listen to this already have so many problems with sleeping. And if you're drinking coffee throughout the day or too much or getting that over 400, you will probably be laying awake at night. Okay. No matter how much you meditate or do the 478 breathing we've talked about or any of that, if you are hyped up on caffeine, it's going to make it very, very difficult to sleep. So kind of a rule of thumb is, you know, if you want to sleep at night, make sure you drink caffeine no later than six hours before you plan on going to sleep. Okay. Studies show that caffeine stays in your system for about six hours. So try to be conscious of when and how much you're drinking. And if you have an autoimmune issue, okay, that could be, it doesn't have to be Hashimoto's. It could be um, MS. It could be um, even diabetes or several autoimmune um, issues that drinking caffeine between the hours of 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. is the best time to get focus from the from the caffeine 
and to reduce the other side effects. And I thought that was super cool. I just learned that the other day. I want to I want to show you where this study is. I need to go back and find it, but I think that's really interesting because it's okay to have caffeine, but keeping it in between the hours of 9 a.m. and 11 is a really good idea. After 11 a.m., you're going to have more likelihood of having trouble sleeping, even though, let's say you go to bed at 10. You know, that's still like, what? how many hours is that? 11 hours, but you still could have side effects from the caffeine. I don't care if studies say six hours. If you have trouble sleeping at night, watch the, you know, how long in the day you're drinking your coffee. Try to be done by 11 a.m. Like just try to be done. Okay. It also goes on to, you know, to say that the amount of caffeine you're ingesting plays a major role. So it's not just about like when you're drinking it, it's about how much. So if you're totally pounding coffee and energy drinks all day, but stop six hours before you go to bed, or 10 hours before you go to bed. Like if you're, let's say from the minute you get up until 11 a.m. even, you're just like pound them, right? Then you're still, like I just said, probably going to have more trouble getting that beauty sleep that we all need. So just really consider how much and the timing. Another symptom is digestive issues. One common effect of caffeine is that it often acts as a laxative for many people. Okay, helping get their bowels moving in the morning. Like, you know, I'm sure, I, I don't know if you or not, but a lot of people talk about like, oh, I need my morning coffee so I can go to the bathroom. Like, that's a joke in our house. It's like, <laughs> okay, that's too much information you really don't want to know. But we, you know, we joke around about the timing and like making sure we have time, whatever. But it is true. But here's the thing. Moderation matters because there's a huge difference between cleaning out your system you know, for the day versus like pooping your brains out. (laughs) Okay. Nobody wants to do that. So caffeine in moderation does the former. If you have just a little bit of caffeine that gets you moving, gets you a little more focused and gets your system, you know, moving along, that's fine. But if you're having like diarrhea and you're having like problems with your stomach, check how much caffeine you're having throughout the day. That might be the culprit. Okay. And this is because caffeine was found to increase something called peristalsis. (laughs) Peristalsis. I think that's how you say it. Basically, what that means is the contractions in your stomach that moves food like throughout your digestive system. So imagine it as like waves, it's like pulses through your digestive system. Okay. And caffeine kind of gets that moving along. And if you have too much, it's going to be like pumping it up. Okay. So you got to watch out. And then we have high blood pressure is another symptom. When it comes to caffeine and heart issues, studies show that caffeine doesn't really pose health risks to heart disease, but I'm actually going to disagree with that. You know, I know I'm not some like study person. I'm not like making studies and I'm not a doctor. However, just with my own experience just in the last two weeks with my heart skipping, and then I don't know if I'd said this, but since that appointment, I have reduced the amount of like not filled up those big cups as much. And I'm only having one coffee a day, except I did today have two. Um, but I knew that I was doing that. <laughs> I did it on purpose. But anyway, normally I have reduced and I've, like I said earlier, I'm not really having the heart palpitations or the um, extra beats lately. So I do feel like even though maybe caffeine isn't like creating heart disease, I do 100% believe it creates um, heart arrhythmia. So be super, super careful. Um, It also, though, can result in high blood pressure. 
Okay. So what happens is caffeine, it has the ability to stimulate your nervous system. Okay. So, or in my case, caffeine causes that arrhythmia, irregular heartbeats. So maybe I'm also having high blood pressure with that. I'm not really sure because they didn't tell me. Anyway, like always, it simply comes down to overusage. And I probably sound like a total broken record at this point, but for the sake of your health, this is just one more reason to think moderation, right? Think moderation with your diet. Think moderation with exercise. Think moderation with caffeine, with alcohol, with sugar. There's so many things where it comes back to moderation or balance, Okay, balanced, fit, and free. That's my thing. Anyway, and then finally, muscle breakdown. Okay, it's common to see a lot of people use caffeine for pre-workout, but overcompensation, okay, overconsumption rather, (laughs) can actually reverse the effects of working out. Have you ever heard of rhabdomyolysis? This is a condition where damaged muscle fibers enter your bloodstream, and it's been shown to be a product of overcaffeination and dehydration. So rhabdomyolysis can actually lead to kidney failure and other serious issues causing your muscles to break down. And when I think about it, actually my older brother, and I'm just throwing this in here, he had this happen. He had rhabdomyolysis when he was in the service and he drank a lot of coffee and he was like pumping the weights like hardcore. And one day he couldn't like straighten his arms out and that's what it was. And he was peeing like brown. So if you ever can't move, like it's not like a regular sore. It's like a sore that you like can't move and your pee is super dark or even brown, get to the hospital because that's rhabdomyolysis and it's really, really dangerous. But overcaffeinating, especially before a workout could lead to that, okay? But it all comes back also to hydration. Make sure you're hydrating. And, you know, back when I was teaching classes at 5.30 a.m., like every day and working hard all day, I was drinking coffee on the way to the studio. And then I'd get home and down another cup or two before heading back. And I honestly, I felt like at the time it kept me pushing and super peppy and happy for everybody. But by 2 p.m., I felt horrible. I had horrible anxiety. I had the shakes. I was just not good. And, you know, now knowing what I know, I actually think that had a lot to do with it. Okay. And by the way, I was also in the middle of Hashimoto's and had no idea. So the combination of this, you know, autoimmune, extra caffeine, too much exercise, that whole like moderate thing I'm talking about, I didn't do it. And look where it got me. (laughs) So, so please listen. All right. And then finally, it's important to know the risks of drinking too much coffee or caffeine, you know, before working out. I already said this, but dehydration, too much caffeine is going to create fluid loss in your body because caffeine is a diuretic. Okay. So if you're trying to like drink more water, drink more water, but you're drinking just as much coffee, you're, you're like not really absorbing the water you're drinking. So really watch it. Please try to not go over 400 milligrams. Okay. Um, anxiety, nervousness, and tremors. Okay, we already talked about that. But for those of you um, who are more sensitive to caffeine, this can be a major side effect. Okay. Um, and then finally, blood clots. So this is an interesting one. The most dangerous risk for overcaffeinating before your workout is that you're putting yourself at risk for blood clots. So a study found that ingesting caffeine during a high intensity workout can cause an increase of coagulation in your blood. 
Okay. That makes it harder for blood to pass through your body. And this can eventually lead to blood clots, which is a very serious health issue. All right. Bottom line, enjoy your cup of joe or your energy drink, but try your best to keep it to only one a day. I'm going to try harder too. I've been a lot better, but today I've failed. (laughs) So this is the best amount. Okay. One decent size, not huge, not like extra caffeinated, just a regular amount of coffee. Okay. Like a, I just said, that's like, depends on who you are, but probably just a regular size cup, cup of coffee, not my 18 ounce ones. Okay. And so what I think I said this earlier, but I just haven't been filling it up as much. So I'm not actually filling it to the top anymore. And I really do feel better. And one more thing, if you're dealing with hypothyroid and you take thyroid medicine, please, I'm serious, please be sure to wait a minimum of 30 minutes before having your coffee or tea in the morning. It matters. Okay. I've had a lot of conversations lately with people who are on thyroid medicine and they're not waiting to have their caffeine. So the problem is this will totally decrease the absorption of the thyroid medicines. I promise you, if you wait, the medicine's going to work better and you'll feel better. But it's also important to eat with it, okay, or before. So especially if you are having, well, I think this is true for everybody. It's really best to eat with your coffee or to eat something before so that it's not going straight to your brain. You know, it'll help you to have other food in your system so you're not just getting an immediate like shock. Although I think a lot of us like that shock. So I'm just saying it's, I'm not saying you have to do it, but I'm saying you'd be better off from a health perspective to eat with or before your coffee, especially if you have thyroid or autoimmune issues, please. Okay. So I think that's it for today. I hope that you found this at least helpful, interesting. Let me know. I mean, are you a coffee drinker and are you having some of these symptoms like the anxiety, maybe heart palpitations, um, anything like that? If you are, see if like reducing your coffee or your caffeine, your sodas or your energy drinks, if it helps, I definitely want to know. So again, I'm going to say this. If you are somebody with a hypothyroid or like an underactive thyroid, or if you've ever been diagnosed with Hashimoto's, I'm still doing research and wanting to talk to as many people as I can. So please let me know. I would love to have a talk with you. Um, This is helping me build my new program. And I just, I would really appreciate it. So I hope that you have a good rest of your day and I will catch you next week. Thank you for tuning into the Balanced Fit and Free podcast. I am so stoked that you are here. Be sure to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. If you want to continue the conversation or share your takeaways, I would love to hear from you. Head on over to my Instagram at RamFitLife or Facebook at Rayanne Mullins and comment on your favorite part of the show. See you next week.